The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the evolution of podcast sponsorships and advertising. Joining us is David Tintner, who is the CEO and co-founder at Thought Leaders, which is a platform that provides both brands and creators a powerful sponsorship intelligence tool and branded content ad network rolled into one. Thought Leaders sponsorship intelligence platform collates data scraped from 10 million pieces of content every day to analyze the ever-growing world of branded content identifying the best connections between thought leaders and brands. And today, David and I are going to discuss how he brought the thought leaders brand from a side hustle to a million dollar SaaS company. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with David Tintner, co-founder and CEO of Thought Leaders. David, welcome to the MarTech podcast. Thanks a lot for having me. Pleasure to have you on the show. Excited to talk to one of the biggest influencers in the podcast landscape. But let's start off Tell me a little bit about you, your background, and about Thought Leaders. First of all, I got into the space as a creator myself. I was doing a podcast and newsletter and a blog called Hacking UI with a friend and former co-founder of a previous startup. And we understood that creating content for a business audience or for a professional audience was really, really valuable, but we didn't find good monetization options for it. There was automatic solutions and there were solutions that were geared towards a consumer style content. And what we started doing with our content to monetize it was actually selling directly to brands. That was kind of where everything kicked off for us. We said, oh, we can sell directly to brands and we can make a lot more money and we can also produce much better ads for our audience. We can go to the brands or the products that we really like to use ourselves and get them to be the sponsors of our own content. So that's kind of how everything started off. I was a creator and started selling directly to brands. So tell me about when you decided to embark on this venture. How long have you been working on Thought Leaders or at least cultivating the concept? So Thought Leaders originally started as a bit of a side project. The first permutation of Thought Leaders was a tool that grabbed content from a bunch of different sources and organized it by the thought leader, the creator, the influencer who is producing it. We wanted to see a feed of 
let's say someone's podcast, someone's YouTube, someone's blog, newsletter, all within one place so that we can actually consume that content and then produce our newsletter or talk about it in our podcast or write about it in our blog. What we found was that we really cared about the person, the thought leader that was creating the content and a lot less about the publication that it appeared on. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't miss anything. So we built a prototype of that back in 2014, which was just kind of a giant feed that started collecting a bunch of content. And it was purely for the purpose of us curating content and producing new content from it. But what we started to realize was we were collecting this really interesting data and there were a lot of insights inside of it that were much more valuable than we ever thought before. That's interesting. You started and maybe you were a little ahead of the time, but there's this mix shift in media where we went from traditional media, you know, newspapers, publications, television shows, creating all of the content professional journalists. And then there was the rise of the social media networks. And so we had all of the user generated content comes in. And then all those platforms started to enable the user generated content creators to essentially monetize their content essentially from home without having to need this larger infrastructure. You mentioned that you saw a larger opportunity in the data space. You originally started with the notion of helping creators. What was the opportunity you saw in data? So it started with the notion of first trying to do something for ourselves. And then we said, maybe as a service offering, we can do this for more creators than just ourselves. But then what we realized was as a data offering and as a platform, we can do this for essentially an infinite amount of other creators. And we can really have an impact on the whole industry. We can really incentivize and encourage high quality contents, long form contents, and get both brands and creators to continue to produce the type of content that is educational, that is meaningful, that is conscious. And that's something I've always really cared about a lot. So I think that the origin stories are really interesting. You know, I started the MarTech podcast as a lead generation content strategy for an independent consulting company that I was running. And it ended up being successful and essentially eating the consulting practice. I don't really do consulting anymore. Now I'm just a talking head. Tell me a little bit about your origin story. You know, you went from side hustle to full-time gig. You know, what were the milestones and what made you decide to invest more into this sort of influencer creator monetization space? So I'll take it just one step back before that. So I actually studied journalism at the University of Florida and was always in love with journalism and with media. But I realized pretty quickly on, I hated to write on a deadline. So journalism was not going to be the profession for me, but I always really, really appreciated the space. And I quickly started learning web development. So I was a self-taught web developer and got involved with a startup that when I moved to Israel called TapDog, that was a competitive intelligence SaaS platform. I became a co-founder of the startup and we ended up selling it to SimilarWeb, where I worked in R&D at SimilarWeb for almost three years, which was basically like a crash course in everything related to marketing intelligence, competitive intelligence, data collection, how web traffic is moving through all different channels. So I really got a pretty crazy experience without essentially intending on it in the world of marketing and marketing intelligence. But along the way, I was always interested in journalism, still and interested in creating content. And that's when I started doing side projects to produce content about web design and web development on a blog called Hacking UI. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So you had some experience as a journalist. You already understood the content creation piece. You worked at a startup, which sort of gave you the how to build it from scratch and, and obviously your technical expertise. And then you learned the flow of data analytics and aggregation from similar web. We still didn't get to the point where you start creating your blog and your content, and then you make the decision to focus and turn this into a business. What tea leaves were you reading that said that this was what you needed to focus on? So the turning point from this being kind of just a side project or a passion project to being a real business was when we started selling directly to brands, we started making a lot more money. And that led us to believe that it was something that we can really do full time and turn into a business. I really started to like that whole concept of sponsorships and selling directly to brands and brands appearing inside of content in a native and natural way. And the synergy between a brand and a content creator where an ad doesn't have to be a, a bad thing. It doesn't have to be just kind of like this annoying pause that the listener or the viewer is waiting to get past. It can be something really useful or funny or entertaining or helpful. So through my experience as a content creator and selling these things and kind of figuring out this world for myself, for my own content, I thought about ways that I can actually expand into that and help the whole industry. So that's how Thought Leaders was kind of born and we turned it into both an agency specifically for sponsorships and a data platform where people can go themselves and really optimize both the buying of sponsorships on the brand side and the selling of sponsorships on the creator side. You know, I've worked with the Thought Leaders team. They brought us a sponsorship with Vidyard, the video content creation company. I was very impressed with not only the seamless way which the sponsorship was managed, but that also got me into some of the data platforms and looking at some of the information that as a content creator, you can pull out and kind of figure out who should be your next sponsors. Talk to me about how you think of the industry today. We've seen this big mix shift away from sort of traditional advertising 
hey, buy my product into more integrated advertising. And a lot of that is in the format of sponsorships, what we do here on the MarTech podcast. Talk to me about the trends and the direction you think that advertising is going. Well, you touched on one of the major trends, which I totally agree with. That's that brands want to be tightly integrated into the content itself. That means both from the beginning of actually picking the content they're going to be part of, picking the creator and even the level of the specific episode that they're going to be featured in, but also how the content is transitioned seamlessly into the ad. It's not just something that's kind of done for aesthetic reasons. It's because it performs better. But what I love and what I'm excited about is that because it performs better for brands and by performs better, it means they're converting, they're hitting their conversion goals, whether that's sales, signups, leads, the audience of the creator is actually enjoying that ad a lot more. And the best creators doing sponsorships are making sponsorships that are so valuable that the sponsorship itself is actually a welcomed piece of content or welcome segments of content within their episode. So I'm really excited about that as one of the major shifts in the industry. The other major shift or trend that we're watching very closely is, and rightfully so, the privacy concerns that are being raised across all of the social media networks and the internet in general. And what I like about that is that if we can, like what Apple is doing with iOS 14, if we can kind of enforce some stricter privacy regulations, then we can get back to doing sponsorships or ads that people actually care about and people actually want to see instead of kind of just like blasting them with volume and hitting them over the head with ads and hoping that because they can't escape the ad that maybe they'll buy. No, you actually have to be consciously thinking about how to engage with the audience in a way that's meaningful and useful for them in the context that they're currently in. Yeah, I think understanding the dynamics of sponsorships as a marketing and advertising vehicle is something that's very nuanced and evolving. And I also think that understanding what brands are really looking for is something that most content creators don't really understand. So, David, I want to bring you back. We're going to talk about those two things over the next couple of days. I appreciate you telling us the origin stories. I want to hear your thoughts on what's happening in this sponsorship industry as well. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with David Tintner, the co-founder and CEO of Thought Leaders. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, David and I are going to discuss how to monetize your content and specifically podcasts with sponsorships. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about David, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is DMTintner, that's D-M-T-I-N-T-N-E-R. Or you can visit his company's website, which is ThoughtLeaders, with an S, ThoughtLeaders.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.